0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom Podcast. This is Naomi, your host. Today, I am joined by none other than Gabriel Cosio. He is a fellow Wizards. He is a long-time seller, and he is someone that you should listen to since he was presented recently at one of our Fort Lauderdale meetings, in-person meetings. And I really love the subject. It was about a subject that most people are not talking about. So Gabe, I'm super happy to have you on today. To chat about what a cash flow snowball is and how could one create it effectively and use it in their business. Gabe, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I, we were talking before how it's long overdue, and I agree. It's been a, it's been a long time coming.
0: Definitely, definitely, and it's cool that we have you on for this specific episode. As so I was saying, most of the time, this is one of the topics that most people are not really talking about, right? So everyone is going to sell you on wow, Amazon is amazing and I'm making six, seven, eight figures, nine figures, right? But the concept either it's like too good to be true, either they are not telling you something that you are not aware, right? And then what I see mostly, especially with new sellers, um, is they don't know better, right? They don't know better, they don't know where to start. They might have nothing to do with e-commerce, nothing to do with finances, nothing to do with business. And they are really into this idea, okay, I want to quit my nine to five. Amazon would be the right platform to do it and then they end up with losing a lot of money just because they don't understand how the platform works right so I was so excited about this topic how to create a a cash flow snowball when you were presenting on it and I was saying okay 100% this is something that I want to share also with our audience because this is the truth not people. most people are not talking about it and most people should be hearing about it so Let's get to it. First off, what is basically a cash flow snowball? How would you define it in your own words?
1: So a cash flow snowball is something that you're, it's basically a reserve, uh, whether it's the rolling reserve in your Amazon account or a reserve that you have in your own bank account um, off the platform. It's something that your business, uh, It's. I consider it essential for your business to survive. There's a lot of things that you can't take into account, you can't forecast for. And then having that snowball or that reserve is what really ensures that your business will survive any of these unfortunate events. Um, and they don't only have to be bad things. They can be good things. An opportunity can come up, Something can uh, a door can open later down the road, three months, six months, a year down the road, that if you don't have those savings, uh, you cannot take that calculated risk um, in order for your business to scale or, or just take advantage of an opportunity
0: hundred percent. I like that you put it calculated risk. Most of the time people are taking risks that are not calculated, right? So that's like hundred percent. I like that. So where would one start in understanding the concept and understanding how to really create this, make this happen?
1: Well, as you know, the most unsexy part of what we do is the numbers, the data, the stuff that people really don't want to dive into is the essential stuff that they really should be diving into. Um, and that's a metaphor for life, if you really think about it. We often stay away from the things that we really should be doing and paying attention to um, because they're difficult, hard to understand, or just um, just not something fun, right? Yeah. And so the the snowball is something that I always recommend that I've implemented in my business. Um, I know other wizards in the group also do it, um, and it's favored them very much. It's created opportunities for them. It's saved them from bad situations, like we mentioned before. Um, And so where do you start? Um, Basically, you have to know your numbers. You have to understand that from all of your monthly profit or however it is that you calculate your profit, you need to take a small portion of that money and start setting it aside uh, in order to build that snowball month after month or payment after payment, however it is that you do your numbers. Um, So you can have that reserve, that snowball building slowly over time where it doesn't affect your monthly business. It's not something that you really feel. Uh, but you're setting that money aside, and uh, it's for a greater good.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. So basically, this is like a protection plan rather than something that I'm putting aside, like a chunk, a good chunk of money, right? So it's just protecting yourself, just creating a habit of putting money aside for something that's coming up. Is that like a, a good sum up of whatever you described? Or sure,
1: sure. Uh, like I said, if 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 you can't personally do it, you're not good at it, you're not good with finances, uh, you like the idea of it, you just don't know how to implement it. The simplest way is to pay attention to the rolling reserve that you'll have in Amazon. You know, on a two week basis, they hold some funds uh, to ensure that uh, all the sales that are occurring are going through correctly. That there's no refunds, there's no chargebacks, so on. That money that's in there, you can start to think of that as a snowball, as a rolling reserve. That money should start to build. Uh, every two weeks as you go, that number should get higher, that rolling reserve. That means that you're profiting correctly, that your business is uh, is scaling up uh, to every two week or month period. Uh, mm-hmm. Based off of that rolling reserve and, and that money rising and getting bigger, you should be able to take, uh, I recommend always about a 20% of your profit uh, and set that aside. And that should start you down the snowball road, as we like to call it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and it should build um, off-site, off-platform at that point.
0: I mm-hmm. love it. What kind of businesses can you apply this to? Is it e-commerce all, or all over the place or is there a specific business type that you would apply this to?
1: Yeah, I think any any business uh, where cash flow is uh, a part of daily business, something where there could be higher demand for cash, lower demand for cash uh, daily, weekly, monthly. Anytime mm-hmm. where numbers are being thrown around and there's spikes, meaning that you're going to need to waste more money uh you know, one time out of the month, you should be thinking about re- uh, reserves. That money is something that's going to be necessary down the road. Um, and yeah, you should be saving it. I
0: mm-hmm. love it. All right. So we are super efficient performing it in and we've gone through <laughs> almost all the questions. So I love it. Gabe, what? You know, it's
1: funny. Most people what? most people don't do this. They're very yeah. afraid of doing it. And so they just work, uh, as we call it, check to check. And that's a very, very unfortunate uh, way to work, very um, risky way to work. It just takes one pitfall, one misstep, uh, for everything to come crashing down. And I would hate for someone who loves what they do to not be able to continue doing that because of uh, something that they didn't pre plan for mm. or they didn't uh, have a, a savings, uh, or you know, a backup plan for, right?
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. So, you were talking about check to check, yes, I see that also being one of the most often like most often seen mistakes, right? But here, are there any other mistakes that you see, especially newbie sellers make, but not, no, not only newbie sellers, like sellers making when it comes to uh, this concept, you were mentioning one, the not like living check, living or living up things check to check. Is there something else there or something that you, you were seeing most, oops, sorry, most people make when it comes to this?
1: Yeah, so the, the hardest part is really creating the plan and then sticking to it. And so, um, like I said, I recommend that the rolling reserve in Amazon be the way that you first start, that you start to build up those funds. But eventually you do want to work off of the platform in your own bank account and start to build your own funds separately and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the biggest mistake that people make once they have the plan in place and they want to implement it is that they'll take weeks or, or two-week cycles or month cycles off because they're like, oh, I need this money for that, or I need this money for that. And so that's okay. Um, you, obviously, the money is necessary for something, and you can't possibly save it every single time. However, remember that every time that you don't invest in your saving in your snowball, what happens is that the snowball melts. It melts a little bit, and it gets a little bit smaller. And so you're not continuing to build the snowball. The whole point of it is that it, it grows bigger after every savings or every investment that you make into it uh, by taking one away or two away, or just pausing that um, it melts. And so the the thinking there is now that money is going to start to get dipped into that money is not being saved um, and, and growing. And instead uh, you're, you're actually taking away. Uh, that's as clear as I can put it for you. So mm-hmm. the plan has to be stuck to um, until the day those funds are used or until the day that some unfortunate event occurs and you have, that uh um, that safety net if you will
0: mm-hmm. i like it and i like how you put it the money really melts away really i think that's the concept that most people are not even like seeing it that it's like it's gone right because there are so many expenses so then is there a way how to re strategize for this like how would you describe like let's say step by step okay the money that gets in and you see the reserve but what else is there what other expenses that people are really not aware of like Yes, the FBA calculator is a great place where to start, right? But that's not the holy grail. It's not all that is there. So are there any things or are there any expenses that you see new people are not really even aware of that, that they would sure. have to pay?
1: There's a ton of them. There's always these little things that come um, into play mm-hmm. that we actually don't even consider yeah. fees or don't even consider um Uh, expenses. It's just part of the whole process for us. Um, since we juggle so many balls as Amazon sellers and those are really the little things that start to, um, kind of make you bleed, make your bank account bleed. How I like to think about it is that it's a little tiny cut and blood is, is coming out through there and you, you're really not even knowing because it's so little, you know, and and it's um, insignificant, uh, one by one, but those things add up and by adding up, they start to drain you of money that you should be saving or that you should, um, just profit. Uh, so basically what I'm saying is that, yes, there's a ton of things that uh, should be taken into account. And if we start to look at those after we look at our basic fees, employee fees, uh, savings for taxes, any of those things, there's, there's a ton of other little things that need to be taken into account. The biggest one is our time. We usually don't account, uh, a, a certain amount. We don't allocate a certain amount of money to pay ourselves, uh, just the employees. And we think that, um, Kind of working for the business is that we're trading our time for for growth or for scalability by not paying paying ourselves. But that honestly just means that your business is running um, incorrectly. It's running uh, in a red in a certain part of it, and mm-hmm. so you should be able to pay yourself whether you take those funds or, or add them to the snowball. Mm-hmm. Um, is up to you, but you definitely need to account for yourself as an employee as well. If your business can do that as well, that's one good jump off point that mean that shows that your business is successful, that you can account for that salary. Again, whether you decide to pay yourself or keep that in your rolling reserve, in your snowball, that's purely up to you. Um, But you do need to account for that salary as well. That's probably um, the biggest one that people don't do. They just give their time freely. They don't account for the funds that the company should be paying them for that time. And eventually that comes back to bite them because... That's one less employee, right? That you're accounting for, but you're giving up that time. Um, And it's stressful. It really is when you're putting in the time, not paying yourself, hoping that the business rises. And um, that buffer that is the salary that you should be paying yourself is nowhere to be found. So,
0: yeah, 100%. And I just like, I was nodding, 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 and I totally agree to that, right? When when we started high. I don't know, I think like the mindset was that you have to learn as much as possible. Right. But it was still time. So now when someone is asking, OK, which are the things that if I want to start a private label, those three, those three are the things, the expertise, time and how much budget do you have for it. Right. So that's something that most people are not even considering being um, like nothing but considering being an expense there. Right. So I, I like that you added that. So paying oneself okay we've gone through and understand that are there any expenses that you think that yet again most people are not thinking like specific expenses that 100 most people are not thinking of
1: taxes is probably the biggest one that people just um they come up to it later on and they're like oh my gosh i gotta pay these taxes now uh be state uh, taxes business taxes whatever it is Um, And that's something that, again, that you should be saving for, you know, to to sum it all up, really, it just comes down to budgeting, Mm -hmm. you have to be able to budget. Um, And not, not all of us are great at finances, but you learn at it, and you get better with it. uh, As long Mm -hmm. as you're looking at your numbers, weekly and monthly, again, the unsexy part of the business, the numbers, the data, Um, you have to have a budget. And if you miss on your budget, That's actually okay. That's the reason that you have the budget uh, in the first place to kind of help you to give you training wheels, uh, guidelines to follow a path. And so the budget should should keep you from making any major mistakes. Mm -hmm. As long as you budget correctly for certain things, if you're off on one of them, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. There's usually not a four or five thousand dollars swing in your budget. Um, It's usually just a few hundred dollars. And maybe one credit card that you actually missed uh, in your spreadsheet, or um, you had to order some more supplies, um, or uh, injecting a new employee or, or an employee exiting, any of the costs that might be associated with these things are relatively small in the grand scheme of things. So again, as long as you're budgeting weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly, you should be fine. You shouldn't have any of those issues where it's a, a wake up one day, oh my gosh, this expense that we didn't account for, right? Um, those things are the, the reasons why we have the snowball and why if they suddenly arise one day to another, we have a safety net, a snowball that we can count on to to afford those unfortunate situations or those extreme um, calculated risks that we want to take.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you do this as you were mentioning? Either you hired that either you're doing it yourself. Are you doing this with your bookkeeper or are you doing it by yourself or how How would one think of this when it comes to implementing this within their financing, uh, I don't know, financing like budget and plans?
1: Sure. Again, most of us don't have a financial background. Totally recommend that you work with someone, um, even if it's just for a short amount of time, you'll learn the system that they operate and you can, you can take that system with you wherever you go in the future. Um, I, a- I also recommend that you employ different people, that you task different people with giving you the same data in order to verify whether that data, you're reading it correctly, whether the person is doing a good job mm-hmm. um, and who you you want to work with, who you want to stick with. D- along this journey, you're going to take on um, a bunch of people to help you. And a lot of those people are not going to work out for you. That's just business. You know, we're networking, we're, we're meeting new people, we're hiring and firing, uh, be it employees or uh, task operators. And so we need to test people, just like we test processes in our own business. And so again, I recommend that, you, you uh, try new people. You uh, work with a bookkeeper that's going to be able to give you your numbers, verify that with another bookkeeper, create your own system, find someone that you would like to work with, that you want to stick with for years. Any of these scenarios work, um, but multiple opinions is probably the best advice that I can give as far as bookkeeping. That's actually what I've done myself. In the past, uh, I ran a very rudimentary system. As soon as I tried someone new, that it gave me some fresh ideas and, and um, a new perspective to uh, cash flow, to finances, bookkeeping in general, um, I created a much more uh, wide system, so a much more wide perspective view of the business to where now I'm paying attention to the six-month view when before I was just paying attention to the one-month view, even though I did look at six and 12 months. Now my business works six months at a time, two times of the year. Are really what i cash flow for what i uh, bankroll for and what that snowball is is being saved for
0: mm-hmm. love it okay so what you're saying it should be always a long-term view rather than very short right you should be sure. knowing also the short time view okay right now do i have money for that but also in the future how is that going to affect or impact whatever i'm doing uh right now right so absolutely
1: yeah. a year is usually too long For you to get a real good picture there's just too many things that happen in that year and six months is pretty long too Um, but i've been able to stretch it into the six months and kind of lean into that knowing that there's six separate months that i want separate things to happen again we're talking about budgeting but in your business overall this is actually a very good idea as well Uh, fill in those six months if you want or three months and look at them backwards I know you're about to ask me about um, the, the, the expenses and, and working uh, backwards from that. And it's the same type of, of scenario. You want to fill in those six months or three months, however you're looking at it, and work backwards. What do I want done in six months? What do I want done in the fifth month, the fourth month, the third, and so on? And then eventually you end up at today. And so you can take action doing something today, for tomorrow, for one week, for one month and eventually three, six, or 12 months, whatever it is that you're projecting. And working backwards um, is a much better system for the average person. The average person doesn't know really how to take a schedule and stretch that over months at a time, just because it's very hard to project into the future. But working backwards, you can set a lot of goals. And if you start to miss on those goals, you can readjust, right? And and again, this is for the business and for the cash flow or for the bookkeeping. So yeah, planning your finances is a very, very important part of the business. I know most people don't like to talk about it, but we get very excited about our profits, right? Whenever we're selling and we're making money, we, we, it's it's addicting, really. Um, and so if you're not paying attention to what's the unsexy part of it, then and you're only paying attention to what's hot and what's exciting, your business is likely to fail. As as sad as it is to say that, um, so just take a little bit of time and do the not so fun stuff. So you can spend a lot of time on the much more
0: fun stuff. Yeah, 100%. And I like your approach of working backwards, what I see so far. Working backwards really leaves clarity. Most of the time we don't have clarity, right? Because there are so many things to do. And they all seem to be priority to be done right now, right? So working backwards is really the way to go. So I, I like to apply that also in other systems as well, not only um it comes to bookkeeping so that's a golden nugget there are there any questions that i should have asked that i haven't so far gabe
1: hey, well in the in-person meetup we that we had a few weeks back in fort lauderdale um, mm-hmm. the way that we talked about budgeting and looking at it backwards rather than forwards um, is a much scarier approach and so i think that's definitely something that i would like to highlight here sure. um, we talked about a two million dollar uh, revenue stream from a business mm-hmm. theoretical business and when we sat down in person and working backwards from those two million dollars in revenue and being able to take everything out of the that that snowball per se um and then being left with a chunk of change is a is a much less daunting approach as opposed to working up and having to pay all your bills and hoping that there's money left um in the end. This is a not relying on hope type of of approach to this calculation and as a matter of fact when you're when you're going working downwards when you're taking your two million and let's say you're taking five hundred thousand for employees three hundred thousand for uh, supplies expenses daily operation two hundred thousand for taxes however it is that you end up going down and backwards you're going to be able to say to yourself confidently okay we now we have a million bucks now we have five hundred thousand dollars And we're working our way down there's a lot of expenses that are, are being into taken into account here let's cut some of those expenses. Let's save some money so that our snowball, that what's left is bigger. We want it to be bigger. And so that mindset shift, that psychological uh, play on what's happening here will make it much easier as opposed to working upwards, meaning, okay, we have this much money of profit. Now let's go and pay our stuff or let's create our operational expenses to see what our profit is that's left. In that mindset or in that view of things, You're trying to save and trying to allocate funds to pay things. And that's a much more daunting approach. You know, you're like, I hope the money uh, is enough to pay these things. And so there's a book called uh, Profit First. Um, There's another one where you want, I think the title includes something about paying yourself first or whatever. And so those approaches are kind of different views of the same thing that we're talking about. The way that you look at the grand scheme of things um, of of your bookkeeping is everything. So I always prefer and recommend that people look at it from the top down, as opposed to starting on the ground and going upwards, because psychologically it's just healthier.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, love it. And that's going to lead you on to my questions, that my wrap-up questions that I love to ask all my guests. The first one is like, what is your $50 or less investment you recently made that help you understand better how to create this cash flow um, snowball?
1: Yeah, um, $50 tip to better understand cash flow. Um, Invest those $50 in something that has to do with bookkeeping, something that you don't want to spend the money on, to be honest. Um, Put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Pay attention to the finances a little bit more. Look at a profit and loss sheet for a business that's doing um, something similar to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're a $500,000 a year in, in revenue business. Um, you're, you know, this is a, either a side hustle or you work the business alone or, um, any whatever, whatever reason it may be. Um, if you're generating $500,000 in revenue a year, you're, you're a business. You definitely are. And, and you're going, um, and you're going places hopefully. And so investing in what bookkeeping is and understanding what it is that those $500,000 are going to give you and give your business during that year is essential. Let's break down those 500 K into what's inventory. What's expenses for the business? Uh, what's tax savings? What's salaries and employees? Um, uh, and what's left? What's that little chunk that we're saving for unforeseen things or for bigger expansion and the future, uh, bigger plans? So just talk about it, just invest that little bit of money, that chunk of fifty bucks um that you might spend going out, you know, with your with your husband or wife to a restaurant to eat some food. Um just invest that money into the business in a wise way. Take a look at some profit and loss sheets. Maybe someone at, at your scale and and someone, that, a business that's doing a little bit better where you want to go um, to better understand the numbers.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great advice. Love it. What are your, or which are your top three favorite books and why?
1: So my favorite book has always been The Art of War um, mm-hmm. because I'm the type of person that I like to win the battle uh, before I actually get to the battlefield. And what I mean by that is that I like, I, I'm a thinker. I try. I tend to overanalyze things. Look at a bunch of different angles of what could happen before I actually get to the situation. Um, sometimes it's a, it's a bad thing, but most times it's a good thing. Um, and so by doing that, I can kind of foresee a lot of the issues that might occur. And the Art of War is great for that. Uh, it's a very it's a book that you have to actually take the the teaching moments and translate them into your own life. It's not the type of book where you're going to be able to say. They're not gonna you're not gonna read what's in there and say oh that happened to me. that's not the type of book it is it was written uh, hundreds of years ago and um, but I think that the lessons in there play very very well into daily life into a growing life as we get older. Um, th- certain things will will make sense and certain things will make sense later in life. So mm-hmm. I think it's a generational book that everybody should read at least once. Uh, 48 Laws of Power is another one by Robert Green. Um, that I have on my bookshelf and I'll walk by open it and I'll read a random half page just because it, it, it tends, those two books tend to center me. They're very um, wide concepts that can be put into different scenarios in life. So two evergreen books that I think will always give back um, if you're reading them. And then additionally, two books right now that I'm reading that I just read that I love are uh, super founders and the entrepreneurs playbook super founders. And the other one is the entrepreneurs playbook, two books that I think are, are very, um, with the times very current can give a lot of perspective for someone that's just starting out or someone that's running a $5 million company. Um, there's a lot of information in there. They talk about major companies that are in existence today, uh, and how they, they got started, how they succeeded, what made them different, uh, from their competitors and some of stories of what's happened to them along the way, which I thought I thought was very, very cool to hear about these major companies. So those are two books that I recommend.
0: Love it. You know, you are the one that go give the most why for the book. Okay. So I always appreciate that because there's like thought behind. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. So Gabe, the episode was super, I think simple yet advanced. So I love these type of topics. And I think that we've gone through all the things that... I think someone can use uh, within their business. So, with that being said, thank you so so much for the amazing topic, for presenting, also for our event, and also for being on the show. This was, as I was saying, a long time overdue. So, I'm super happy that you made it.
1: Thank you for having me. I hope to be back, and maybe we can talk about this topic again. It's something that definitely should be covered multiple times.
0: Hundred uh, percent. Gabe, the last question is like, how can people get a hold of you? Find out you. Uh, Find out more about you and maybe services that you offer.
1: Well, you guys tease me that I'm the mysterious figure. So I'll I'll come clean and I'll say I don't really do social media. The one channel that I do use is Instagram. Um, If anybody wants to contact me there, they can. My handle on Instagram is pretty simple. It's just paid by Amazon, paid by at paid by Amazon. Um, And you'll see my ugly face there when you find it. And you can (laughs) send me a message if you want to or, or shoot me a follow
0: hundred percent please do follow him he puts out usually really good content so you should follow him all right Gabe it was a pleasure as always and for you our dear listeners be good because we will be back next Wednesday when we're going to chat more about these topics that are going to help you become a better seller and just a better human being
1: so that's